Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to this Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This is going to be for section 23, and I will begin by reading, first of all, the heading to the section. A series of um, a series of five revelations given through Joseph Smith the prophet at Manchester, New York, April, thir- 1830, April 1830, to Oliver Cowdery, Hiram Smith, Samuel H. Smith, Joseph Smith Sr., and Joseph Knight Sr., as the result of earnest desire on the part of the five persons named to know of their respective duties, the prophet inquired of the Lord and received a revelation for each person. All right, so let me just read you a couple of preliminary things here before we actually get into the revelation. Um, first of all, Doctrine and Covenants section 23 brings together five separate revelations as published in the Book of Commandments. The date given in that publication is the 6th of April, 1830, but all but Joseph Knight were told that they were under no condemnation, meaning that the course they were pursuing was pleasing to the Lord. Oliver Cowdery with Hiram and Samuel was numbered among the the six original members of the church and as such would have been baptized that morning. Joseph Smith Sr. and his wife Lucy were baptized after the meeting. As indicated in the revelation given to him, Joseph Knight was resisting the responsibility to pray, both publicly and in private, and had not been baptized. Thus, he does not receive the assurance given the others. President Joseph Hilling Smith wrote about each of the men mentioned in this revelation. Oliver Cowdery. First, the Lord spoke to Oliver Cowdery, informing him that he was to beware of pride, lest thou shouldst enter into temptation. This was one of Oliver Cowdery's besetting sins. If he could have humbled himself in the troubled days of Kirtland, he would not have lost his place and membership in the church. That which had been bestowed upon him was exceedingly great, and had he been willing to humble himself, it was his privilege to stand with the prophet Joseph Smith through all time and eternity, holding the keys of the dispensation of the fullness of times. However, at this particular time, when this word was sought, he was free from condemnation. He was commanded to make known his calling to both the church and also to the world. And while doing this, his heart would be open to teach them the truth from henceforth and forever. His great mission was to stand shoulder to shoulder with the prophet Joseph Smith, holding the keys of salvation for this dispensation. It was also his duty to bear witness to all mankind of the restoration of the gospel. If Oliver had been faithful, he probably would have died with the prophet when he was martyred in 1844. Hiram Smith, there is another thing of great significance in this brief blessing to Hiram, which is, wherefore thy duty is is to the church forever, and this because of thy family. It is doubtful if the prophet Joseph Smith understood the meaning of this expression when this revelation was given. In later years, it was made clear. Evidently, it has reference to the office of patriarch. Remember that patriarch was handed down from father to son. So Joseph Smith Sr., when he passed, it went to his next oldest son, Hiram Smith. Samuel Smith. To Samuel Smith, the Lord said it was his duty also to strengthen the church, although he was not yet called to preach before the world. It will be recalled that Samuel was the third person baptized in this dispensation. He was one of the first to be ordained to the office of elder, and it was not long after this revelation when he was sent forth to teach, which he did with marked success, far beyond his own realization. Joseph Smith Sr., 
To Joseph Smith Sr., who was so faithful and devoted to his son in the commencement of this marvelous work, the Lord said he was not under any condemnation, and he also was called to exhort and to strengthen the church, and this was his duty from henceforth and forever. Joseph Knight Sr., it is quite possible that Joseph Knight, before he joined the church, was not given to prayer to any great extent. He was a universalist and, with, and was with very liberal views. This revelation was given before he had united himself with the church. He was baptized at the time the enemies destroyed the dam in Colesville following the first conference of the church. So let's get into verse 1. Behold, I speak unto you, Oliver, a few words. Behold, thou art blessed and art under no condemnation, but beware of pride, lest thou shouldst enter into temptation. This warning proved to be most telling. Pride was, in the words of Joseph Fielding Smith, one of Oliver Cowdery's besetting sins. Oliver Cowdery stood at the side of Joseph Smith during some of the most important events of this dispensation. He was the prophet's primary scribe in the translation of the Book of Mormon. He was shown by Moroni the plates from which it was translated and heard the God of heaven testify that it was true. He was with the prophet when both Aaronic and Melchizedek priesthoods were restored. At the organization of the church, he was sustained as its second elder and later was sustained as an assistant or associate president of the church. He was with the prophet in the Kirtland Temple when Christ appeared to acknowledge his acceptance of that edifice as his house. Oliver there received with the, with the prophet power and authority at the hands of Moses, Elias, and Elijah. In the earth's history, few men have been so honored and yet he lost the spirit of his calling and left the church for a time. Uh, place and membership in the church. Joseph Fielding Smith explained that which he had bestowed upon him was exceedingly great and had he been willing to humble himself, it was his privilege to stand with the prophet Joseph through all time and eternity, holding the keys of the dispensation of the fullness of times. However, at this particular time, <clears throat> when this word was sought, he was free from condemnation. Wilford Woodruff said he heard Joseph Smith say that Oliver Cowdery said to him, if I leave this church, it will fall. Joseph said, Oliver, you try it. Oliver tried it. He fell, but the kingdom of God did not. Verse 2, make known thy calling unto the church and also before the world, and thy heart shall be open to preach the truth from henceforth and forever. Amen. Behold, I speak unto you, Hiram, a few words, for thou art also under no condemnation, and thy heart is opened, and thy tongue loosed, and thy calling is to exhortation and to strengthen the church continually. Wherefore, thy duty is unto the church forever, and this because of thy family. Amen. Verse 4. Behold, I speak a few words unto you, Samuel, for unto you, for thou also art, un, art under no condemnation, and thy calling is to exhortation and to strengthen the church, and thou art not as yet called to preach before the world. Amen. Remember that one of the things that they needed to wait for was the, the publication of the Book of Mormon. Now that that's done uh, and the church is organized, they're free to go forward to, to preach the gospel throughout the world. Samuel H. Smith, at the age of 21, uh, at the age of 22, was not yet called to preach before the world, but rather to assist in strengthening the church. Samuel was the third person baptized in this dispensation. He was one of the first to be ordained to the office of an elder, and it was not longer long after this revelation when he was sent forth to teach. One of the one of the underappreciated founding members of the church, Samuel, was one of the eight witnesses to the Book of Mormon, and is generally credited with being the first full-time missionary or traveling missionary in this dispensation, serving at least five missions in the succeeding 14 years. 
He helped build the Nauvoo Temple, served as an alderman in Nauvoo, bishop of the Nauvoo Ward, member of the Nauvoo Legion, and served in the, pres in the presiding bishopric of the church. Faithful to the end, Samuel died on the 30th of July, 1844, one month after his brothers were martyred. And there's a story about his uh, death as well, that uh, that he was considered to be one of the martyrs of the church too, because uh, when, when he heard about the prophet's death, and he hurried to reach him. Uh, he was injured, and um, the injury was caused because of Joseph's martyrdom. And uh, it was while he was riding his horse, uh, but uh, I don't have the details of that right now. We'll, we'll find that another day. All right, verse 5. Behold, I speak a few words unto you, Joseph, for thou art also under no condemnation, and thy calling is also is to exhortation and to strengthen the church, and this is thy duty from henceforth and forever. Amen. Joseph Smith Sr. was the was the father of the prophet Joseph Smith and the first patriarch in this dispensation. In the language of the prophet, he was the oldest man of the blood of Joseph or of the seed of Abraham, meaning he was the oldest living firstborn son of Joseph of Egypt and thus the rightful heir to the office of church patriarch. Behold, I manifest unto you, Joseph Knight, by these words that you must take up your cross in the which you must pray vocally before the world as well as in secret and in your family and among your friends and in all places. The Savior himself explained this phrase saying, for a man to take up his cross is to deny himself of all ungodliness and every worldly lust and keep my commandments. Verse seven, and behold, it is your duty to unite with the true church and give your language to exhortation continually that you may receive the reward of the labor, amen. Joseph Knight Sr. had been a universalist before his acquaintance with Joseph Smith. On the 9th of June of the same year, he and his wife were baptized by Oliver Cowdery. In the last years of his life, the prophet spoke uh, affectionately of Joseph Knight. While I contemplate the virtues and the good qualities and characteristics of the faithful few, which I am now, now recording in the book of the law of the Lord, of such as have stood by me in every hour of peril, for these 15 long years past, say, for instance, my aged and beloved brother, Joseph Knight Sr., who was among the number of the first in, to administer to my necessities while I was laboring in the commencement of the bringing forth of the work of the Lord and of laying the foundation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For 15 years, he has been faithful and true and even-handed and exemplary and virtuous and kind, never deviating to the right hand or to the left. Behold, he is a righteous man. May God Almighty lengthen out the old man's days and may his trembling, tortured and broken body be renewed and, the, and in the vigor of health turn, turn upon him. If it be thy will consistently, O God, and it shall be, it shall be said of him, by the sons of Zion, while there is one of them remaining, that this man was a faithful man in Israel, therefore his name shall never be forgotten. And that's about uh, Joseph Knight Sr. Uh, I bear testimony of the truth of these scriptures, that this is the word of God given to those saints at that time. And I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.